You're listening to the Panther Podcast, the official podcast of Oconto Falls School District. In today's episode, Hannah Zishka and Jesse Baumgart join me in a conversation about chapters 10 through 12 of Empowered at a Distance. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Panther Podcast. This is your host, Jason, and I am joined by two very special guests, members of our ITL team. Uh, we'll start with Mr. Baumgart. So go ahead, Jesse, you want to introduce yourself real quick? Hey, O'Connor, how are y'all doing? O'Connor Falls, Jesse Bonger here, music teacher, general music over at Abrams. It's so good that you corrected that and added the Oconto Falls part of that. Did you know that like when I first got here, I made the mistake of saying, I, oh yeah, I'm going to be teaching up in Oconto. They're like, no, no, this is Oconto Falls. You need to be very clear about that. There's, you do, yeah, right? <laughs> the better, the better place yes the better place yes <laughs> that's what I that's what I hear that's the word on the street <laughs> and we are also joined by Hannah Zishka Hannah welcome back to the podcast good to have you on thanks hi yeah I teach fifth grade at Oconto Falls Elementary School at Oconto Falls Elementary School yeah. not to be confused with Oconto Elementary School yeah. exactly right. we're in the right we're in the we're in the right part of town this is a good thing <laughs> Well, I appreciate you guys joining me for the podcast again this week. Uh, we are talking about uh, continuing our conversation on Empowered at a Distance by Dr. John Spencer. And we've got chapters 10 through 12 going on today. So we're talking about curiosity, the creative process and collaboration, how those things work, uh, not just at a distance, but really how we can incorporate these things into a regular classroom environment too, since we're not really working within a virtual instruction environment, we still have some of these concepts that are going to apply. So as you guys went through these three chapters, what were a few of the things that kind of stuck out at you that would be important for people to keep track of? So I've always really been intrigued with the idea of podcasting. And um, actually in college, we had to make one of our own podcasts. And it was actually relatively easy, you know, not a high stress thing that you have to do. Obviously we're doing that right now, <laughs> right? but um, I've always thought it was a cool idea because it's a lot of speaking and listening skills for the kids. So there's this whole section on some great ideas for podcasting. And um, some of them are about like a book review. So kids could read a book and then talk with another student on a podcast about what they thought about it, suggestions, uh, maybe a little bit of a summary, which is a skill we're working on right now in our ELA series, which would be a really cool way to, to make that a little bit more engaging for them. Um, so that would be really neat. Um, it also talks a little bit about a random objects podcast, which I think would have been really, really cool virtually because we did a lot of um, show and tell. So it would be kind of cool if they would have been like picked something random in their house and then had to research it, you know, the history of how this became a thing. I had a kid that was really into duct tape for a while, which is, you know, <laughs> something something that would have been really interesting for them to look up the history of duct tape and how it became a, an, a new object that people use all the time. So I think that would be really cool um, and an engaging podcast for kids to talk about. So, Yeah, I absolutely love the idea of the Random Objects podcast, uh, just because there's so many things that are around us that we have no idea where they came from. Like, you know, I, and that's something that my kid would say to me, like, have you ever thought about where cups came from? And, you know, just like 
totally random. And you know what? I never really actually thought about that, but there's probably a really interesting history behind that. So, you know, if you can kind of dig into that, like, and as you mentioned, you know, you're hitting all of those different standards and all of that different content uh, that still is stuff that we have to teach, but now we're doing it in a way that just gets kids really, you know what? I never did think about that. Let's dig into it and, you know, be really curious and just engage in that. So that's a, that's a awesome idea. I'd love to see I, you know, kind of makes me wish I had a classroom uh, just so I could do some of this stuff and just dig into it and see how it goes. Yeah. The only other one that he really talked about that I was really intrigued by was this one called math in real life, where whatever we're learning on. So we're talking about adding and subtracting mixed numbers right now. So we're always looking for ways to enrich our students that are, you know, need a little bit more of a challenge. And it would be really cool to have for them to host a podcast about like, okay, so we're adding and subtracting mixed numbers, but why does that actually matter in real life and host a podcast about that? So I've been thinking about that, how to throw that in and get my kids interested in <laughs> why, why math matters. So that'd be really neat too. You know, and I think that'd be a really great tool for your more extroverted kids as well. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, the ones who just want to have, they're, they're boisterous. They want to get out there and talk to people and stuff like that. Uh, a podcast is a really great way to kind of give them a platform to be able to share that. Uh, and then the other thing that's really awesome about a podcast, you know, having done something like this now for a couple of years here in the district, and then for many years before this, uh, it's just, it's one of those things like you guys might not really know this about me, but I used to have, um, a lot of trouble talking to people. <laughs> and, you know, it's one of those things like, yeah, Jesse, I know you look shocked. What? <laughs> what? <Nice. laughs> so, so, you know, it's just one of those, it's just one of those tools that's out there. Like the more you do stuff like this, the more you realize, Hey, it's not really that this isn't really that big a deal. And, uh, you know, you just, you get more exposure, you get more practice and you get better and better at it as time goes on. So, uh, you know, just a great tool. Um, podcasting can be so, much fun. Um, and it's very accessible for, uh, for our kids to be able to have access to this platform and be able to do things with it. So very cool. Awesome. Hey, well, I was really interested in the idea of student choice within the classroom. And when I was reading it, the first thing that my brain went to, I was thinking about high school, having taught eight years um, at the secondary level, you know, I think about the solo ensemble unit, and that is all about student choice, whether they want to sing a solo, they want to sing an ensemble, whether they want to sing in all those, plus this, that, or the other thing, show choir, vocal jazz, magical, it's all over the map. Um, and then I thought, well, what's, how, how could I do that within the elementary classroom? And that's been driving my, my brain crazy. Um, but starting just this year, really digging into Google Chrome Songmaker and just starting off and showing the kids the platform, how to use it and uh, creating like say Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, uh, note for note. Um, and then, well, maybe we could talk about form. And then we started talking about form, ABA form within music. And then I'm like, I just started this, this week, this round of lessons looking at how do we take a pop song and how do we break it down into the parts? Like here's the, the verse one and now it goes to the chorus and the chorus is something that keeps on coming back. So then all oh, then there's verse two and then here comes the chorus. So my, my thought is to break these kids into groups. We'll see how that works within their, probably their reading pods from their classes so they can hang out more together. But 
um, having them decide on a song that's school appropriate within their group, breaking down the form within their groups, and then sharing back the song, playing it, and seeing how that relates, and, and seeing how close they actually do come to um, analyzing the song and getting the form down. I told them I did that when I was in high school, but I think it would be interesting just to see what elementary kids could come up with. And I think the buy-in would be crazy because they get to pick the song or their group mm -hmm. gets to pick the song that they get to present. That sounds really yeah, fun. And I, and, and I think that's the really neat part of it is the ability that you guys can pick whatever song you want, just as long as it's something that we can listen to in school. And right there, you got, you know, you're going to, you're going to get them hooked at that point because now, okay, now they're going to spend like the next three days trying to pick out a song that they want to do because, you know, everybody likes something different and coming to a consensus on that. So you're working on so many different skills beyond just the ABA form, right? You know, it's communication, it's collaboration, it's compromise, oh. it's, you know, a working through issues together and <laughs> right. uh, trying to, trying to not, not necessarily agree, but at least reach a consensus, right? And, you know, all of those things. And then now we've got our authentic example. Now let's do something with the content with it as well. So, you know, you just get so many things that you can build into just that simple exercise, um, which, you know, doesn't, and it doesn't take a ton of planning on your part either, really. Um, you know, you just have to set up the expectations and give them an environment to get them be able to safely do these things, which I think is a really neat idea and could be a lot of fun and very successful. Yeah. And I think Oh, sorry. I was afraid of like, well, I can't just turn these kids on out. So then I started, as I was reading, I'm like, well, if I create this, like a shared document for them to brainstorm on. Um, and I was like, well, I got to have some kind of form for them to figure out how to decode the song. So I have to have some kind of structure there. And I don't know. Let's see. I don't, I dropped, drafted a few other things here. Have members confirmed their final, okay, the draft. Yeah, provide it to and then, okay, yeah, sorry, I'm not really helping out here with uh, providing a template for the map of their song. And then I thought maybe having like an overall goal sheet saying like on day one, we get this done and we get that done. Um, and then I, th I thought that might help to facilitate it because I could see otherwise it'd be a free-for-all and then 20 minutes later, nothing gets done for the group. I think yeah, and you have to go ahead, Hannah. No, you're just crushing all the stuff that they said in chapter 12 about collaborative work. I mean, setting their own goals. I mean, and I really like that part too about setting, like where they set their own expectations and norms. I feel like the kids will be super excited about it. And then they have to be like, you know what, but we got to sit down and this is what we have to do now. And this is what we have to do now. So then they actually get something done. I think that could be really, really cool, Jesse. What a great idea that they could make some really cool stuff out of that. Woohoo! <laughs> down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and setting up those structures for your kids ahead of time is going to be really important too, especially for the age of students that you're talking about. You know, you might be able to get away with a little bit less structure, a little bit fewer supports if you're working with older kids who are maybe a little bit more used to that kind of uh, freedom and creative work. But you got to have those structures in place. And if we really, if we think about it, something like that could be adapted all the way down into 4K if you really wanted to. Uh, and, you know, and that, you know, if we think about some of the things that we just do regularly in school, a lot of those activities really could be brought down to creativity and collaborative work and all of those kinds of uh, important concepts that are beyond just content, right? So we're working with, we're working on those soft skills beyond just being able to know what to do or what uh, content we want them to have, but also how to get there 
and the creative thinking and the critical thinking and the and the collaboration that goes along with that, I think is uh, just another really important skill that we need to pass on to our kids. And we've got a couple of different structures in place that we'd be able to do something like that. I agree. I think that's one of the biggest things I've taken away from this whole book in general is, you know, choice is engaging, but at lower levels, you have to teach them how to choose, you know, they're not ready Mm -hmm. for this. You can pick any song you want, but they could be like, okay, here's a list of 10 songs. Let's do that same idea. So I've had to really scale back my ideas on, we have genius hour and some kids just have a really hard time. Like you can research whatever you want. That's interesting to you. Their mind goes completely blank. So now I've (laughs) rolled it back a little bit, you know, here are some ideas that maybe would be interesting to you. Pick one of those, or let's focus on social studies topics. So that's really helped me back up and think about that but I think fifth graders are a little bit more ready for you can choose a song of your choice and make a list and you vote on them and whatever it would be so it would be really cool and that was the age level that I was thinking it would probably be most successful with but I gotta say student choice you're totally right Jason when you were talking about bringing it on down I actually do that with 4k all the way through fifth grade on my slide presentation, I'm like, we're either going to do this activity or this activity and they get to choose, they get to vote. And the one that, I mean, they celebrate and the ones who don't get to do the one that they want. They're like, oh, but they end up having, the buy-in is just so much better now than it was back in what, September, October, when I was first doing my lessons, I was like, well, this is what we're going to do. And this is the next one. And I found, especially when we were virtual, having that opportunity, that makes, it just made a big difference. It a lot easier. The management was a lot easier too. Mm. Yeah. You know, and coming back to the title of the book, Empowered at a Distance, right? You know, the more we can empower kids, the easier, like the more those issues go away for us. Um, you know, we have fewer management issues. We have fewer uh, problems with kids getting their work done. We have fewer engagement issues because they have, they feel that sense of empowerment that they can actually contribute to their own education, which is just a great thing to see. Anything else that uh, popped out at you guys that are just really interesting things that from the from the chapters that we read? I was gonna say, Hannah, you nailed that too, when I'm uh, talking about group norms. I like the idea of actually having groups meet and this is quoting in the book there somewhere, summarizing. Um, having groups meet, talk about their norms, and then after they're done with their norms, breaking up and go talk to another group about their norms and see if there was something that they wanted to incorporate. I think that makes a lot of sense as well. That was something I pulled. I thought it was really quite interesting. Right, that's a, that's a good one. And I'll tell you what, with our ELA series, ours, we do a lot of you know pair sharing and group sharing. So that's a skill that we've been working on all year that would be really cool to use in music too. I think they'd, they'd really be successful with that. That'd be nice. Um, so my idea wasn't as exciting as Jesse's, but I, all of this about blogging too. And Jason, you and I talked about this at the beginning of the year. I know that Seesaw has a really easy blog portion that I could do. And I, you know, hesitated on it because of all the virtual stuff. And now it's forward exam time. So I've just kind of been pushing it off slowly and slowly. But I know it's really easy once you turn it on for kids to just be able to click, right? It's something like post the blog. And then it's something that parents could see or it could be live to the world, right? 
yeah, you have total control and flexibility with how how much how visible you want it to be. You can password protect your blog, all of that kind of stuff. Um, Seesaw is a great platform for that kind of thing. Um, we have so that'd be the tool that I would want our elementary teachers to use because we have access to it. Uh, you know, and we can still have a blog in secondary as well. You know, we've got a couple of different tools that are available for that. But the idea that they're writing something or creating something and making it available for an authentic audience is really crucial to uh, having kids do their best work. I have a couple of colleagues that I've worked with in the past who say, I want, I want your wow work, something that's worthy of the world or worthy of the web. And that's, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we want to put on the blog because we want to put our best foot forward. You know, you think about even just like social media and, um, you know, the, the Instagram influencers and, you know, all of this stuff, like they're not throwing out, they're, they're not throwing out the 5,000 pictures that it took for them to get the one really great thing. Or, you know, the, like people on, on Facebook, like I don't pay attention to the people who are Debbie Downers all the time. You know, they're, I just, those are not the people that I pay attention to. So, you know, I, we want to, we want to put the best representation of ourselves out there. And that's what a blog does for kids that gives them that authentic audience so that they can share their best work, which, you know, I, I, I hope that we can get there with you, Hannah. It's just you know, baby <laughs> steps. I understand you got big things going on, but you know, it's going to be the end of the school year before you know it. So I'm just saying, got to pull the trigger on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, it, and it lends itself to so many great, like digital citizenship lessons too, like how to appropriately comment and, you know, how to be a, a positive influence on the world too. I mean, I feel like all of that if I pushed myself to do it, which I'm going to, because Jason's going to make me, <laughs> when I push myself to do it, then um, then I think it'll be really great. So by the end of the year, I'll do it. All right. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> One thing that we talked about in our in our preparations, and then we haven't we haven't really talked about in any of the other podcasts, but he makes mentions throughout the book of walkie-talkie apps. Um, and this was a question that you guys had again. So I figured we should probably just bring that up real quick. Um, so there are apps that you can download for your phone, uh, that let it act like a walkie talkie. So it does that, you know, the, bloop bloop, and then, you know, you say your, whatever it is, your message is, and then, and then it does the, bloop bloop, you know, like you got done with it. Uh, so the one that I've used in the past is called Voxer. Uh, but there are other ones out there. You can do something like that with an iMessage or an audio message, and then have that go out on a group chat. Um, WeChat's another one. I wouldn't recommend, generally speaking, using something like that with our students just because of our communication policy within the district and social media use among kids. Uh, we want to kind of avoid those kinds of things. But as instructors and as a PLC uh, or as a, as a learning community in general, uh, we can use those kinds of things and use them as a way to connect to each other and have kind of those instant messaging. Uh, just another different platform to do that. So maybe we'll try and work on doing some of that stuff as ITLs or, you know, small groups within schools, or maybe there's an entire building that wants to do a Voxer. I don't know, maybe uh, that, that sounds like a middle school thing. I think that, I think Washington would be all over that. <laughs> have their group, have their group Voxer. I'm calling them out. We're going to see if we can get them to do that. Sign up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we just lost Jesse. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. That would be fun. <laughs> 
so I have to tell you, I have to tell you a story about uh, a friend of mine who we, we had a Voxer group and she would just voice text. So she would say, hey, everybody, period. I'm really excited about the meeting, comma, but we should really talk about blah, 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 you know, exclamation point. Can't wait to see you there, period. <laughs> and then she'd send her, you know, so she was, yeah, that was, yeah, she was, she's cute. Um, but yeah, <laughs> on, on purpose, like, was she doing no, it on purpose? No, <laughs> she wasn't doing it on purpose. No. And how long did it take for you to tell her? <laughs> we let her, we let her go for an entire week. <laughs> and then we, and then we, and then we started doing it. We're like, and you know, <laughs> and she's like, oh my gosh, I feel so embarrassed. That <laughs> oh, was fantastic. Well, so, I'm going to start yeah. off that way on ours. So <laughs> just be you ready. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for it. I, I can't wait to mock you privately as well as in public. Perfect. <laughs> sounds all right. Oh, uh, good stuff. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. I appreciate the conversation. This was a lot of fun. I, I don't think that I've laughed this much on a podcast for a really long time. So I appreciate your sense of humor and, uh, and your willingness to play a little bit. This is a good time. Do we, do we win a prize? I feel like we should win a prize for that. I'll come up with something. Yes. <laughs> Seesaw t-shirts. <laughs> I, I can, I, you know what? Yeah. I will come up with some swag for you. I'll get you. I'll get ah, you. Some. Yes. <laughs> All right. Sounds great. Well, thank you guys so much for joining the podcast. It was really a blast and uh, we'll, we'll see you around. Peace out Panthers. <laughs> Yeah.